Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. And welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer joining you, 1233 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. It is a game night, and it's a big game. Uh, the Edmonton Oilers, the Pittsburgh Penguins, always a big deal when Connor McDavid goes head-to-head against Sidney Crosby. I'll tell you, guests on the show receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Roos Chris, it's the greatest steak you've ever had. Follow the sizzle to Roos Chris 9990, Joss and Tell Maggie and the staff that Oilers now sent you. Roos Chris, great place to go for Valentine's Day. Just saying. All right. Uh, 12.34 in Edmonton. Every Wednesday in Oilers now, Craig Simpson joins us from NHL Hockey and Rogers. Last Wednesday, as I was boarding a flight, I started getting calls from people saying, did you hear what Craig Simpson said on Oilers now? And I was like, well, no, I didn't do the show that day. So uh, Craig is back at it. A week later, we're here in Pittsburgh. It's a, a, an interesting game. Craig, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Bob. I'm across the town, not staying in the hoity-toity hotel you are. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, I, I like your chances of having a little bit better per diem than I do, though. Let's okay. look, at, look at it that way. Uh, tell me this, uh, the Edmonton Oilers, where are we at right now at this hockey club, do you think? Well, I think you said before, uh, earlier in the show, I was just listening to it in the room, that you know you got a three-game road trip here on the heels of another bad string of games Uh you know, a bounce-back game in Minnesota and a disastrous one uh, at home again against San Jose. So, you know, you're past the point, game 56 of the year. You've got a six-point deficit, which, as you know, Bob, is really a seven-point because you're not going to win a tiebreaker, I don't think, in the wild card. So you got a lot of work to do if you're really focused on being a playoff team. Um there's what seven games or so, uh, nine games until seven games until the uh, trade deadline. So I, I, I agree. This is one of those games on the heels of, uh, you know, a performance on Saturday that the, the coach was upset about. That the team had to be uh, shaking their head and wondering, you know, what happened after a good game in Minnesota. So this is a must win if you're going to be. If you're going to have any sense of realism that you can maybe make a run here, if you lose tonight, 
uh, I think that ends. So, you know, I, I think it's a good team to be playing on a bounce-back game. I know that sounds crazy when you've got, you know, a good player in, in Crosby on the other side. But it's one of those scenarios where you've got to be focused, you've got to be a little scared of losing, and I think it'll bring out uh, the better in the team for sure. Do you have an explanation for why they play so much better on the road right now than they do at home? The Oilers are 6-3-3 three, and three in their last yeah. 12 road games. They're 2-11 and 11 at home. Yeah, I think every team goes through some you know, ups and downs and crazy times uh, with that. So it, it's not unusual to have a stretch where maybe you struggle more at home. I, I've often said when I look at a schedule and I see a six or a seven game home stand, which I don't think anybody really likes because it, it is one that you're you're in a position where you can, uh, if you're not playing well, everything's exasperated, the fans are edgy, you know that they're uh, on edge with the way the team's playing. And at times I, I think that does have a negative impact. But, I mean, there's no excuse. If you're going to be a good team in the in the NHL, you, you've got to make it difficult to come into your building and, and win. And, uh, you know, I, I think the fact that the team has started slowly uh, is is really – been the most puzzling thing i can see for a short little stretch if you maybe coming off a long road trip as everybody you've seen often and i had it as a player that that long eastern swing and coming back home is always a little sluggish but there's no excuse when you're a team that has to be desperate and hungry to continually start the games the way that they have at home and that that is a little bit of a mystery I heard Zach Cassian say, "Well, maybe try to put on a show." Uh, I don't see them putting on much of a show there when they're when they're not engaged and they're not involved and they're not intense. And uh, maybe it's just a fact of on the road you're a little bit more desperate because you're a little bit more uh, afraid of going into another team's building and getting uh, embarrassed. Well, it was interesting following the game against San Jose, and you know my empathies for the fans with what's gone on here. I mean, the Oilers have only gone two and eleven in their last thirteen games. And Craig, what's interesting is Ken Hitchcock won his first six games at Rogers Place. Yeah. And when Pete Chiarelli built this team, and again there there was philosophical uh, philosophical agreement when he came aboard in twenty fifteen build a bigger, heavier team and sort of defend home ice and, you know, be prepared to defend a player like Connor McDavid. Um, but it was interesting to hear Ken's comments afterwards because you could feel the exasperation in the entire building there in the course of that game. And he said that the, the coaches can't want it more than the players, and I'm paraphrasing. And yeah. then he sort of went back on that statement at practice on uh, Monday and said, you know, I mean, they can't want to stick to the game plan, which was an interesting situation. So I know you, you, you commented kind of on this a week ago. Yeah. And they've only played a couple games since then, and they've gone one and one. But I'm of the belief that the Oilers need to be firing on all cylinders and having everybody playing and, and pulling in the rope the same way in order to have success because they're so challenged roster-wise but that's the only way they're going to be successful. Do you agree with yeah, that? Yeah, that, that was a press conference that got away from them, I, I think. And I, I think if you were to sit with them and say there, there are always a few things as a coach that you, you know, you're, you're dealing with raw emotion, anger, frustration, disappointment, all those factors flowing into it on top of the pressure of trying to turn a team around. And, 
you know, you can tell when I, I remember it even as a player uh, having to talk when you're talking to somebody in the media, um, you're thinking ahead of your words coming out so that you can shape them in a way that don't come across the wrong way. And there's times when you fail. And uh, I think it's totally appropriate for a coach in that situation to call out his team and say, I, I don't understand how we're not prepared. I don't understand how we're not desperate. And, you know, at, at this point, how many of those discussions have been uh, an opportunity to give that kind of speech because there's been, you know, that that losing and the disappointment and the bad games uh, pile up in that way. I, I would just say the one thing that he would want to take back is uh, I don't think it serves anybody in the room, and especially as a coach when you're trying to inspire, motivate, and bring the group together to you know, insinuate that the that the coaches bringing it back upon yourself that you care more than the players does. I, I don't think ever, you know, serves yourself all that well with the guys in the room. I think it's totally appropriate for that coach in that situation to be totally flabbergasted at the effort and say, I don't understand why this group isn't more committed. So, uh, you know, the onus is saying what what strings can you pull. What message can you send to inspire the guys to start doing it together? And, hey, we're, you are where you are now. You, you can't go backwards and, you know, say, why didn't we do this here or we should have done that there. You can only look ahead now. And that's why a game like this, I, I think it, a game like this that you got to be afraid of, you know, losing badly in a tough place to win hockey games against a team that's had success against you, sometimes that's the best thing you can have. It gives you a little bit more uh, intensity and that that fear of failing or being embarrassed should bring out the best in you. You know what's interesting about tonight's game and the context of McDavid versus Crosby, and and that's the connection to you. Mm-hmm. Okay, so here's where I'm going to go with this. You were with Pittsburgh, and they were struggling. I, people forget they missed the playoffs the first four years. They had Mario. Oh, yep. And and back then, sixteen of twenty-one teams made it. Yeah. Like yeah. you know, it, it it wasn't like right, and they missed, and so they didn't know how to win. And Mario was the heir apparent to Wayne to a certain degree, and and some would argue, uh, if you look at air adjusted scoring, Craig, that Mario was actually better than Wayne. I'm not going to ever make that argument, but right. yeah. some some would. You play, so. You went from that struggling franchise that didn't know how to win and could never win in Philadelphia and had people sort of question. You know, what bothered me about what happened on Saturday was this inference. Well, it's, it's you know, and it's specifically a couple writers, and I think their narrative's out to lunch. I'll tell you that right now because they're almost implying, well, you know, it's the young guy's fault. That's why the – and I just yeah, simply no. believe there's not good enough support players in place, and Peter Shirelli weakened the forward group since the start of the season. Um, but I'd like to, you know, yeah. get a, a combination of thoughts from you, because you've experienced this. You went from basically a losing organization to a winning organization and played with the two best players in the world in the process during the 87-88 season. Yeah, and our producer, Shirley Najak, was asking me today, you know, the comparisons of uh, with Mario going and play against Wayne. And I, I said it is a little different uh, in, in the sense that, you know, Wayne at that time was the, uh, you know, 
head and shoulders top offensive guy. He, he would win the scoring cha- championship with more assists than the next guy had points. So there was no question who was the best offensive player. You know, for Connor McDavid coming in, I, I think the target still is a, a player like Sidney Crosby because he was sort of that next generational player. You know, he hasn't been the guy who head and shoulders of everyone else has, you know, won the scoring race every year. But I, I think you have to have somebody that you're aspiring to to knock off or you're aspiring to be like. And, you know, for Mario in my first year, which was his second, um, you know, Wayne was that guy. So you had a team that had older guys that really were at the end of their career. I mean, that is the difference our team was not a very good team, a bit of a ragamuffin group that had some stragglers from at the end of their career trying to, you know, continue on. The team didn't have a budget, so you weren't free-flowing trying to get, you know, the best players in here to protect, and it took a while. And I would say it took trading me and Chris Joseph and uh, some young guys to get an experienced guy like Paul Coffey, an offensive-minded guy, that could help Mario uh, that probably started that process. And I remember Paul, you know, as, as big an adjustment it was for me going from a losing organization to a, a winning one. Uh, I remember talking to Paul afterwards of doing the opposite, going into Pittsburgh and going, holy cow, like, what is this all about? Uh, getting traded and coming in after the players had been, uh, shaved and hazed and, you know, uh, from the rookie guys. And Paul's comment is, how are you ever going to get young guys to buy in and play for you when you treat them like that? And so I think there was a culture change, and you do need some experienced guys who have had success to try to insulate uh, the young player who is the superstar, which was Mario. And on the heels of that, you know, Mario had uh, the Canada Cup experience in 87, but it, uh, as you said, they still – didn't make the playoffs that year, and it was the next year after. So I would say here you're missing some of those key guys that um, have been able to have the influence. Maybe you've got a guy like Lucic who's had the the playoff experience and Stanley Cup experience, but his game has been so bad this year. So, you know, there's the balance. At the end of the day, Bob, you you can be a good guy, you can be a leadership role, but you got to play the game at a high level, and you got to yes. play the game and produce. Otherwise, all is lost. And this has been probably the biggest disappointment of this entire year from a player perspective. Is you've got again another year where McDavid uh, will probably have another career high in in all marks. Uh, Drysaddle is going to have a career high. Um, potentially even Nugent Hopkins, and yet you're just still not an elite offensive team, and you haven't been able to get that hurdle of being a good two-way team. So there are a lot of you know you know in the midst of learning, um, if if you go back and say if you can add a little bit of stability in there, it's that lack of of secondary support that I think has been the glaring hole and. That's created a number of problems throughout this early part of the season. From NHL Hockey on Rogers, it's Craig Simpson, Bob Stoffer with you in Oilers Now. Do you agree or disagree with this? That in today's game, the margins are so tight in the league that if you make a combination of moves that downgrade your skill, even by 2 to 4% in a couple deals, it can have a significant effect on your team. Yeah, I, I think everything is so close, and uh, I, I would say, and we've talked through this 
for a few weeks now since Peter's departure is, you know, I, I think where you get in trouble is if you miss the trend and the curve. I, I am shocked every week. Uh, and I did a game on Saturday that was on Hockey Day in Canada that was just a heck of a game, Toronto-Montreal. I know you were doing your game uh, as that was going yep. on. But the speed of the game just blows me away. And, and, you know, I'm a pretty realistic person. I look and say, I could never play the game now. My, the, the me that played 20-some-odd uh, years ago, I look and just am, am uh, absolutely amazed at the breakneck speed and the, the things that happen on a nightly basis. So if you're a team that's made a few bad moves, and has lost a bit of that, you know, next step of the game, which is high tempo, high speed, good skill, you know, mobile guys, then, yeah, it's even more difficult. And you can see the teams that are chasing games as opposed to the teams right now that are driving games. And, you know, whether you like it or not, whatever style of hockey you like, that mobile, quick, intelligent, fast guy who doesn't have to be that six foot four anymore and, can be the 5'10 or 5'11 are what the teams that are having success and pushing, you know, even a team like uh, I'm doing this weekend in Arizona with all the injuries they've had, you know, they, they got some speed and they, that to me is something that has been a miss this year for the Oilers. Uh, and you add to that, the guys necessarily not being able to get the pace of the game up uh, but also the lack of production from there is, is, is a double problem. Well, you trade Strom, who was your third-line center, and he had warts, but he could play as a third-line center in the league. And you trade him for a player that's currently playing and straight in the American Hockey League. You yep. traded Drake Kajula, who you saw a bit of at North Dakota, and he gave you, you know, uh, he did give you some speed. He's not a great player, but he's playing on Chicago's top line right now, and the guy you traded for him is a healthy scratch tonight. That's downgrading your team, and you could argue two of the top nine forward spots. And then the yeah. other thing that's occurred is you haven't had the traction that you're hoping for. Remember the preseason, and maybe maybe the others were throwing you-know-what against the wall, but Ratty, Yamamoto, and Paul Yarby. And yeah, and I would say is- R- Ratty and Yamamoto, um, and, and even uh, a reader. You know, you, you look at the guys who maybe have some yeah. speed and the ability. You know, I look at Pittsburgh here, Bob, for – Year after year, you talk about offensively how Crosby's been able to, you know, stay near the top. You talk about rotating wingers, but the guys that they brought in from the American League all skated. And Brian Rust, Connor Sherry, um, you know, you go Gensel, guys that they brought up and would inject in. And I look at the same way with a guy like McDavid. If you're going to play with McDavid and, you know, Sydney has had more rotating wingers in the last three years than most star players ever would have. And part of necessity, part of salary cap, which is what the Oilers are going to have to deal with too. But when you look at the type of player, they all could play with high speed and high pace and it kept the game going and look at, you know, Connor's game is at a breakneck pace. And if, if you're not able to read that or be able to play with that, you know, I don't think you're necessarily utilizing his skill as well as you can. Uh, Craig, I've, I've had this conversation with Todd McClellan over the last couple of years on more than one occasion. In his first 21 games with the Oilers last year after being recalled from Bakersfield, 
Yes, Apoliarvi had eight goals in the first 21 games. Okay, in his last 88 games as an Oiler, he has eight goals. Yeah, that's like he had a window for me between about game 30 to game 60 last year, where there were some really positive signs, and something got him derailed. And he's got only got five goals in his last 60 games played in the NHL, and that's yeah, the guy you're hoping. And I know the continuing argument is, you know, cart before the horse, who's to blame or that. I, I, I think I, I like the fact that they didn't rush him in early on. I, I think you could also argue, okay, the, for the first time in a long time, the American League team is doing something positive and going on a bit of a yeah. run. You hope for that, and that's something that the Pittsburgh franchise here did have. They had good success in Wilkes-Barre. They had good development. That's basically how Mike Sullivan coming in was able to – you know, come in in a tough situation on a good team and turn them around and have trust in his American League guys, which helped them win the Stanley Cup in back-to-back years. But um, I also, you know, it's easy to blame a coach or an organization. I, I, I often, as a player anyways, I've always looked internally and said, I think there's a there's a, a shared blame for Yessie there in terms of, you know, just being not quite mature enough maybe to understand the things he had to do and the things he has to continually do to give himself that opportunity to get the chance. And so, you know, there's, he's not the first guy that's had uh, disappointment in terms of how do you utilize him? How do you get the best out of him? And I think there's an equal blame there from a player and an organization perspective. All right, Craig, we appreciate your time. Let's have a good game tonight. All right, we'll see you in a couple hours, bud. You bet. That's Craig Simpson from NHL Hockey on Rogers. It's 12.53 in Edmonton. Coming up at 105 today, Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. This text comes in on our Heartland Ford text line from Ash. He says, Bob, the orders are like an outdated TV. It's like the rest of the league is on 4K, whereas the orders are still stuck in standard definition always behind the curve, and because of the stupid management that they think they know more than anybody else. Well, the last manager, and I'm going to say it once, you believe what you want to believe, okay? But I'm telling you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The last manager had a lot of autonomy and built a heavy team. 1254 in Edmonton. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. All right, welcome back, everybody. You can text us at 630-630. Tweet us at Oilers Now. And uh, 
this text comes in saying, Bob, it's not about autonomy. It's about building a diverse staff to support the general manager. Wake up. Another text comes in uh, saying, Bob, I realize you work for the Oilers, but uh, can you... All right, where where the texts go here? Jeez. Just recalibrating. See, here's the thing. Here's what I've come to the conclusion of. If you don't hear what you think you want to hear, then your reaction is to snap. Again, believe what part of believe what you want to believe do you not understand? You're going to believe it. So if you're going to go with an old, tired narrative, go for it. If that's your deal, do it. That's what you, Okay? But Rofsky, this text comes in from Ziggy Palpy out of Kelowna. Heard a rumor today that Tampa wants to trade Sergeyev and Shirelli, uh, Anthony Shirelli, uh, for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Gives orders cap flexibility and the potential to a defenseman. Gives Tampa an improvement, third, number three center. I cannot see that happening just because Tampa Bay is in significant cap issue moving forward and they have to get Brayden points signed. That text comes to us from Ziggy Palpy. Uh, so Ziggy Palpy, I don't see it. Just I, It doesn't make sense from Tampa Bay's end. Um, we will do this just before we go to break. We'll tell you that this fall you can join the president of New West Travel. Dennis Laliberti on a spectacular 16-day trip to Italy and Greece. It starts with a nine-day tour of Italy, visiting the beautiful cities of Rome, Florence, and Venice with daily guided tours. Then board NCL Cruise Lines for a spectacular seven-night Greek island cruise, including meals, nightly entertainment, and a private sunset dinner in the gorgeous San, uh, uh, Santorini. Uh, plus parking at Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport while you're uh, on the road. Book now, save 250 bucks per person. Call New West Travel, 780-432-7446 or online at newwesttravel.com. Here we go. Let's go off to a global news weather traffic update with Morgan Black when we return Stoffer Inspector for Horse Racing Alberta. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.